Mike, can you give me some Mariah Carey? No. I, Come I, on. I, no, I'm not actually going to do it. We need the new intro. No, dude. I, I, if you want to see me sing as Tommy Stuttgart. All I want for, for Christmas, Christmas is you. <laughs> That's going in the intro. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back into the fifth edition of Making the Walk. Today is December 16th. Uh, we have a very fun uh, guest with us here today. Uh, but of course, we will bring in our co-host, Mikey. Mikey, how are you doing? Honestly, dog shit. But we'll talk about that later. Okay, very interesting. Our special guest came in, dropped by in studio today, our very first in studio desk. Your guest, Alex Lee, how are you? Hello, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Um, car didn't really go my way last week, uh, but you know what? I'm hoping for a better one this week, and we're, we're, we're going to be rolling on this week, all right? We're going to get hit after hit after hit, and we're going to smack this car dead. All right, I like the energy here. So, <laughs> Very high. Yeah, a little too much. All right, so coming for you in this edition we have a 269 review, how each of us did, some of us better than others. Not, you know, not going to say names. Um, and of course, we're going to preview the upcoming Fight Night Vegas 45, Lewis vs. Dawkins. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, we're we're not the best podcasters. I wasn't able to watch the entire card, basically. Well, at least I watched it this week. Yeah, Mike actually watched it and bet on it. Yeah, I had a, I watched early prelims, and then we went to a party, and then prelims were a little shit, you know, I watched some of it, and then, like, main card hit, and I was just not able to see out of any of my eyes. I was fucking zooted out of the mind, and I had a little too many brewskis in me, so it was, uh, it was interesting towards the end of the night. Happens to the best of us. Yep, yep. And, uh, we are back, and by we, I mean me, not you two. You guys are bad. Well, I technically came out of the night positive, but I'm still not happy. All that matters is the money, man. I came out even. Yeah, but I'm not, I'd rather be 10 and 10 than 1 and 10. And what, hit big on the 1? Pena. <laughs> yeah, but like you're telling me you'd rather go 10 and 10 and split even on your money than go 1 and 10 or whatever and make money on 1 and I 10? I don't know. As long as I have more money in my account. When I'm that's the one in ten. Okay. So it's, it's, it's not my best brain day. Okay. As you well know. All right. So we'll get into the review of 269. And, man, USC, credits to them. They have done a really good job of stacking these cards with some really fun fights. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to close the year out, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah. the main card. Well, even, like, the earlier ones, I mean, it was, like, I mean, recently and like these past couple ones, they've been they've been pretty solid. I've been liking watching a lot of those fights. Even like the fight nights, I usually don't. I sometimes don't find myself watching that, whether it's because I have hockey or anything like that. But I mean, they've been electric recently, all yeah. of it. And a special credit to uh, the fighters too. You know, upsets and these great fights that we've been getting to see. You know, the matchmakers can do their job, but the fighters got to do theirs as well. They've yeah. done a good job showing out. Absolutely. So, great way to close out the pay per view. 
of 2021. So we'll start with the very first fight on the early prelims. Jillian Robertson submits Priscilla Cachoeira in the first round. Uh, I mean, it was... Uh, Cachoeira, you could kind of tell early on, was out striking her a bit. Um, yeah. But once once Robertson got that takedown, we, we highlighted that Cachoeira has had massive problems defending takedowns, even against lesser wrestlers than Jillian Such Robertson. Such a clean takedown, too. I rewatched it this morning. Um, that's what I mean by, like, that takedown makes no it cost it costs no effort at all it's just boom done on top it's you know it obviously yeah we'll, we've talked about it before sorry i'm way off today here we go let's go boys he's back the yeah, podcast back. starts now <laughs> no we've talked about in the past you know how hard it uh going for a takedown can get depending on the setup and the situation that was just Honestly, she probably wasted no energy at all. That thing just right in her fucking lap. Yeah, and really got into the full mount really quickly. Her transition on the ground was fantastic. Honestly, it was, it was so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I the submission was just kind of like, I don't know. I just, I very much enjoyed watching that fight. I was kind of nervous because I did bet Robertson at the beginning. Um, Priscilla was kind of, it looked like she was kind of getting ahead in the stand-up game, but... Honestly, I was kind of I was enjoying most of that fight. I, yeah. you know, I was I had her in a parlay, which didn't hit, but that's okay. We'll talk about that <laughs> we'll in the next. Don't we'll, get ahead of it. Yeah, well, I won't get ahead of myself, but you know, we'll talk about it in the next up and coming fights. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like you said, Priscilla Cachoeira is dangerous on the feet, but once you got her to the ground, she had no answer for Jillian Roberts' wrestling and her jujitsu. Um, sunk in the tap at the end with about 10, 10 seconds. She got that rear naked choke in position and tapped one second left in the round. Um, brutal. <laughs> yeah, but, but I the, can't speak the, to that situation. <laughs> the big thing that came out of this that people are talking about is per- Priscilla Cashway's behavior before the fight and when the choke was in. I, I know Michael has some thoughts on that. Um, well, Lee, Andrew, as you well know, I fucking hate when people miss weight. It's, it's you literally job. your job. Yeah. <laughs> Part of your job to make weight. Make fucking weight. It's inexcusable. Like, you shouldn't get paid. I'm so done with this shit. You should not get paid. Maybe like $10. <laughs> it's like when you like like when you tip the, wait, the waiter or waitress at the end of the night a penny. Instead of like it looking like you forgot to tip, you just literally give them a penny and just be like, yeah, you did such it's an like, awful job. <laughs> yeah, you, you did dog shit. <laughs> but I would never tip a waitress or a waiter that little. But still, like you did dog shit. You failed to do your job. Yeah, I mean, like really, you, you got to make your weight and show up to the fight and just be ready. And like, honestly, like you not making weight and then you going in for dirty ass moves, like for the eye gouge, like that's just... That's just unexcusable. Yeah, that's inexcusable. Yeah, she she tried issuing like an apology today. It was an accident, but I mean, she you could see her like dig her thumb into her. She dug her thumb into her forehead, realized she missed, and then went back to the eye. I mean, Dana should just cut her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cheeto said it on uh, another podcast. Marlon Cheeto Vera. uh, He mentioned like as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, she she should be cut, and uh, the host agreed. I won't name any names. But no, like, no free ads. Yeah, no free ads. But still, <laughs> it, it's just the weight thing pisses me off. But then, you know, blatantly, not only is missing weight cheating, you're also cheating by intentionally gouging her in the eye, trying to get out of a choke instead of holding on for one second. <laughs> but when it came down to it, 
We did end up winning this pick. I took Jillian Robertson by double chance, either by a decision or by a submission. I used a bonus on this, so I got it at plus 104. Um, starting out the card really nicely there. I think all of you guys ended up taking that as well, correct? Yes, I went exactly off the advice that you gave me with the submission. and the Oh, chance. I didn't like this one. I don't know why, but I didn't bet it. Interesting. Yeah, that's one of my mistakes of the night. We'll get to more of those later. One of many. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose anything, but I didn't bet anything. All right, so on to the next fight. Felt really good about this one going into it. Uh, didn't think, did not see this coming at all. Uh, Fuck Randy Costa. That's all I have to say. Fuck Randy Costa. He's a fucking bitch. He only backed up in the fucking fight, dude. Like, he was literally, like, he would look like he was scared. Like, he was, he walked in, he looked confident. I was like, all right, dude, Costa's about to beat the brakes off of Kelly. Like, smoke him. And the next thing I know, like, Kelly's just walking him down, and then, like, Costa's running around the ring. I just... I was not happy with Costa's performance. Like, I think that dude needs to be out of the league right now. Jeez, with the hot takes. <laughs> no, okay, obviously not. But, like, no, he just did not look ready. Like, he was scared the entire fight, it looked like, in my opinion. Like, I just remember, like, watching it, and he just, like, there wasn't a single time where I saw Costa move forward or, like, stand his ground and try and stay it. Like, I get, like, sometimes you want to go in and out, but he was, like, avoiding him almost. It wasn't even, like, in a sense of, like, trying to be, like, tactical with it and going in and out. Like what some people do, it's just like, I don't know. He just I didn't look ready. You can kind of tell Tony Kelly's strategy was put pressure on early and often, get him into the clinch. You know, a lot of these guys, these knockout artists, they like to sit down on their punches. You know, yeah. someone's coming at him, they'll sit down, <laughs> they'll wait for you to make a move. But he never, he never let him sit down and really put a lot of power into those hands that, that he's known for. And Kelly had kind of a, he had that we, he had a weird style in that fight. It was like, it was almost like I was watching someone who didn't know what they were doing. It was like, like when you, you ever like go to like like a gym and you watch some dude box who's never boxed before and he's like kind of puzzling yeah, the guy like who you. knows what he's doing a little bit. <laughs> like it puzzles the guy who knows what he's doing because it's like it's so weird. Like he's just coming out, hands flying all over the place, yeah. and like it does but, have a weird style to it, but like it worked. It really paid off. It you did. put a pace on him too. And, it, and really, Costa had like like Alex said, he really just backed up. He didn't bother trying to escape out one way or another. He would yeah. just back himself into the fence. Tony Kelly would just get him in the clinch, and then eventually the knee ended up dropping. Knee, knee to the body dropped Costa, and that that was it. I mean, he we, had nothing left to give. He was gassed out. To, yeah, we'd have to pull up how, like the actual height and size. We don't have to right now. I'm just saying, like, Tony Kelly looked so much fucking bigger than Costa in that fight. Every time they're against the fence, just manhandling him with an underhook or a wizard, just throwing him around. Um, I mean, we saw Costa throw maybe one uppercut. That was really good, and then a couple left hands that were really solid, but nothing to get over excited about. Good domination by Tony Kelly. Green. Yeah, I mean, we we felt good about this pick. Randy Costa by knockout, obviously, went totally the other way. I mean, Randy Costa has actually that was actually the longest fight of Randy Costa's career. He's never yeah. seen yeah. the second round, so I mean, makes sense. He got gassed out because he's yeah. never been there. So, uh, yeah, not uh, one of our misses. So. <laughs> Next fight we took was Ryan Hall versus no Derek Minner. Uh, usually, like we said in the previous episode, we when, when we see the name Ryan Hall, we immediately just say, no, no, I'm not going to put my money on this. Probably should have did that here. Um, he, he did end up securing the victory by unanimous decision. Um, but we, me and Mike bet either by finish, which was plus 110, or by submission, plus 130. I mean, Ryan Hall 100% controlled the entire fight. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like we said, Derek Minner was willing to go to the ground with him for some reason because he's well, done that with jujitsu guys before. Yeah. He's not bad though. I mean, he had yeah. a lot of submissions under his belt too. But like, dude, Ryan Hall was just dominant, dude. Yeah. Like it was absurdly dominant, dominant. And like, whenever like you thought Minner might have like a chance like getting him on the feet, like Hall just got him in like some sort of like roll or like what is that called, the Umari roll or Umari? Umari roll. Like, I, like he had like what, like at least like two of those. Like when they was like I didn't see going it. after it. Where he was like, he rolled into like a kick yeah. of some sort. Yeah. I don't know if it was an Umaro, but like he it rolled into been, their yeah. kicks a lot of times. It time. sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, like he was like, he looked awesome in that fight. And honestly, that was an electric fight to watch from like just like a ground perspective, like in the sense of like him working down there. I mean, he just dominated yeah. this. He's a wizard, man. It, it, not a lot of people appreciate the ground game, <laughs> but he's an absolute <laughs> wizard. Um, Are you doing that on purpose? No, I forgot that was his <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he, he is a wizard, regardless. But yeah, yeah, always impressed with his ground game. I don't know why he wanted to go to the ground. Minner wanted to go to ground with him. But um, confidence in his ability, I guess. You know, thinking maybe I can pull this off and try to beat him in his own game. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I honestly, it stinks that we missed on this. But a sub for plus 130... Um, Ryan Hall threw seven submission attempts at the yeah. guy. He was left and right. There was like two in a row, three in a row sometimes, like right down in the clinch. That was kind of nuts to watch. Yeah, just controlled the fight the entire time. Um, yeah, was it a loss? I don't feel too bad about this one. It it, it very easily could have been a It was a, a risk. Yeah. yeah. It was a risk in that. And honestly, I, I probably would take it again. All right, so the next fight only really – I mean, Mike and Alex took this one. I see your – Clear and far away from this because I just didn't like it. This was supposed to be one of the closer fights on the card. Turned out not to be uh, Miranda Maverick and Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield winning by unanimous decision, and it, it was not close. Yeah, I missed it. And you I didn't was, watch it? No, I was uh, I was doing, doing bathroom activities um, and forgot that the card had started. <laughs> what were you doing in the bathroom? I was taking a shit, okay? What do you want from me? You can't say bathroom activities to the, our listening audience because they think of something else i was taking a shit cocaine no (laughs) masturbating (laughs) let the record show i was taking either one either one who put a toilet in the cocaine room (laughs) (laughs) we have to start over my mom listens (laughs) jesus christ Uh, we'll we'll let it out in post uh no sure (laughs) No, but Miranda Maverick, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, to me, when I was watching it, she didn't really look too comfortable in the fight for the most part. Like, maybe at the beginning, but, like, even then, just whenever Maverick, like, hit him with one, like, Blanchfield just got her with, like, two, three right back. Like, it was just, like, it was kind of nuts. I just was, like, I thought Maverick had it. Like, I was I was riding with Mike on this one. Even my roommate, uh, Fudala, he was, he was big on Maverick, too. He said Maverick was the way to go, so I rode, rode with it. Just was not the night for her. Yeah. Um, it was two weeks' notice, wasn't it? Yeah, she came in on less than yeah. two weeks' notice. Yeah, I should have known better. I'll just I'll, I'll chalk it up to that. I should have known better. Yeah, Aaron Blanchfield was originally set. She was originally set to face Macy Barber in this. Macy That's Barber right. had a dropout with an injury. Miranda Maverick filled in as a late replacement. Um, but really, for me, Aaron Blanchfield, the entire fight controlled the. She controlled the pace and she controlled top position the entire time. Yeah, she's seven takedowns. Seven takedowns. That's kind of nuts. Of That's eight crazy. attempts. That's crazy. Just zero takedown defense from Miranda Maverick, who, I mean, you could tell 
is a, a very clean striker, very technical. I mean, she went to in a war with Macy Barber, and I think, and I think a lot of people agree that she won that fight. Um, but that's totally different. I I, I don't know. You what, what did you end up taking? You took Mavericks money. I just took her money line. It's just yeah, not the best it. odds either. It's just like minus one thirty seven or something like that. And so, chalked it up as a yeah as a big loss. You didn't bet on this one, did you? I did not. Okay. Um, but we will talk about it just because uh, my idiot brother didn't want to listen to me. So I, told I actually, him, I actually didn't. I take... told you going into the, you didn't take this. No, I didn't take Jordan Wright. I was like really tempted to. Okay, my again. You're roommate. texting me all day like, oh Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills ninja, blah blah blah, dude's a savage, blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, and Bruno, they're just feeding him to Bruno Silva. <laughs> Bruno Silva's an animal. Like I don't know what you want. Like it, 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 I don't think it was. I mean, if you look at the numbers, close fight, but Bruno Silva's hands just had this. They're so powerful. He put him in a cement mixer before before the fight. Or he put the plaster in the boxing gloves. No. Like <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Alex, not very smart. Fatness. It's okay. Told, Told you about that one. one. You get a couple. All right, so we did take another pick on here that was canceled. Alex Perez missed weight by a quarter of a pound. He was he would be allowed to take how much how much time is that again? To it's an hour. He he would get an I hour to cut it. I thought it was forty five minutes. Because that's what it was for. Uh, fuck, what's her name? Though it was like one guy that lost like like a pound in like forty five minutes or something like. Or I don't even remember. It was like a couple cards ago where like someone almost. Either way, it. either way, it didn't end up mattering. Did a set amount of time. It didn't. Forty five minutes to an hour. It didn't end up mattering. Alex Perez missed weight by a quarter, but it it turned out that Matt Schnell wasn't cleared by doctors to fight anyways. So really, he <laughs> made him cut the weight for no reason. Um, they didn't disclose as to why, but yeah, at least we, he did his job. Yeah, he we could have made it. We did take Alex Perez money line on that one. Didn't end up coming to fruition. So on the next fight in the prelim. Bam Bam. T- Bam Bam tied to Ivasa with another knockout against Augusto Sakai. Um, again, we took to Ivasa by knockout. The man just sleeps people all the time. And then did a shoey on top of the octagon. The American shoey. Still. The Amer- still. No one spit into it. Well, that's fucking gross, dude. It's so nasty, but dude. Still, it's, it's entertaining as fuck. But spitting in... Uh... Is it your spit or everyone else's Everyone spit? in the room is supposed to spit in the shoe. Imagine if they took the shoe around the entire stadium. <laughs> everyone spit. There'd be more spit than beer. It's <laughs> be so gross. That's <laughs> all. Yeah. Some <laughs> random fucking guy. spits kind of just dig into the shoe, too. Some uh, random guy that made out with a hooker before the fight has hep C now. <laughs> right into the shoe. <laughs> he really should have his whole team spit in the shoe before he does it. So either way, it's gross. I'm all for the Americanized shoey, but Josh Crosby did one of those off a of flip flop. <laughs> fuck do you do that? Just, like you beer lose? You just beer lose and yeah, do it for the flip flop as you do it. Anyways, ooh ooh, so, real quick, shout out! No, sorry, shout out Josh Crosby for breaking a chair at Kiku last Friday when the <laughs> chef, the hibachi chef, threw a shrimp at him to catch in his mouth. He went way too hard backwards. Busted the top off the chair and ate shit in the restaurant. <laughs> the most entertaining hibachi restaurant trip I've ever been to. And I can't wait for the next boys dinner. <laughs> like, absolutely ate it, dude. It's so funny. For those of you who don't know, Josh Crosby is like 6'3", like 230 pounds. Like, he's not a he's small a human. Boy. Not a small human. So that, tear, that chair is going to tip back and... It's it's not gonna give it's not gonna give anything on two legs. So <laughs> all the waitresses were so concerned. They're like, 
He's like, no, no, we're all good. Like, obviously, he was fine. He didn't take that hard of a fall. But we, uh, throughout the night, as he was, like, moving around and stuff, more and more pieces of wood were falling because his jacket was over the back of the chair. So she just, every, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, she'd pick up a piece of wood. And then when we left, he took the uh, jacket off the chair and just, just, like, the whole back of the chair comes off. <laughs> It was so, so funny. Back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Tuivasa. Yeah, Tuivasa won that fight from getting Horn all the way to the knockout. I mean, he he early on had some work in the clinch. Um, I think he outstruck Sakai in that first round. Sakai did a good job throwing some knees to the body. Tuivasa has not really been good um, in close quarters, either on the ground or in the clinch. So you could tell the game plan right away was for Sakai to close distance, not let Tuivasa sit down on punches, build up any type of power. So did a good job with that in the first round, but, uh, the start of the second round was just, it started out with a blitz from Tuivasa and really, I can't remember what punch it was. It was a left hook, right? I can't remember what it was. There was about a billion thrown strikes. I have no idea what it was. He just charged at him at the beginning horn of the second round and put him up against the fence, took away any chance of Sakai escaping and just slapped him. Yeah. It was, I think Mater texted me right after he goes, Oh my God, he killed him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was a a great knockout by Tai Tuivasa. Um, and I always love seeing his celebration, a solid win for him. You want to take anything on that? No, I didn't. I stayed away from that fight. My, uh, roommates didn't have anything on that. I just kind of was just like, I don't know. I've seen Tui Tavasa one other time, and that was the other Shoei, and that was against that scumbag. And, oh, uh, Greg Hardy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Was, we shouldn't say his name. I'm kidding. Yeah. First, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like, I didn't really know. I didn't know Tuivasa that well. So I kind of stayed away from that fight, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Bam, bam, so you don't listen to the podcast? Oh, no, I do. I just didn't want to take well, that fight. But he took Jordan Wright against our advice, too. <laughs> Idiot. It's okay. It happens. Anyway, so next fight at the prelims, uh, getting into, oh, I guess Augusta Sky and Tattoo of Oz was the first of the normal prelims that we took. Um, but Pedro Munoz and Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz came away with the decision. Um, fairly one-sided fight. I mean, Munoz did score a knockdown in the first round. But after that, Dominic Cruz recovered really quickly and then put that footwork we talked about into practice. Yeah. That weird, unorthodox style of sticking and moving, using using his footwork to escape in really unconventional ways, um, and, and just just kind of picked him apart. You know, would get into the pocket, land real quick. And like we said, Pedro Munoz's footwork and his ability, his inability to cut a cage to a smaller size yeah, really hurt him in this one. Yeah. I expressed my concerns about this fight last week. I actually didn't bet on it. I wish I did now. Um, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, But um, Cruz looked fantastic in rounds two and three. He, Like you said, he did a good job with the stick and move, his uh, unorthodox style, his uh, weird striking combos at oftentimes. He looked really good. And honestly, dare I say, he looks like the dominant Cruz of old. He did. He looked he did. really, really good. And I'm happy for him, too. Obviously, Munoz is a great fighter. He has a lot of power. Um, honestly, kind of a tough matchup for him. But like you said, he used that style, of the, um, the way he, he uses his footwork to get the W. Yeah, like we said, Cruz uh, controlled that distance, landing 103 strikes, 77 of which were to the head, able to snipe him from the outside. And rounds two and three, uh, Dominic Cruz outstruck Munoz. 
78 to 53. Jeez. So by the end of it, really no question as to who won that fight. Cruz was on cruise control. <laughs> Dude, so the guy sitting next to it at work is just like the king of dad jokes, and I'm, I'm I, I, they're just not funny. To I you want anymore? to put this pen through your head now. Like, whoa, just, whoa, <laughs> yeah. I'm John Wickham. All right, come down. All right, so this Mike, give me your take on the next fight: Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. I don't know if I want to take credit for this, but I'm going to anyways. I told you Josh Emmett. You, sh- you should. You should I told you that. Josh Emmett. Uh, the dude scores over a knockdown around. And did he get a knockdown? He did get a knockdown. Okay. I couldn't remember for a second. No, no. Um, he did not get a knockdown. I thought he did. That's takedown. That's takedown. Oh, there we go. Knockdowns. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he did get one. Um, I thought it was really close, but I, I, I think they got it right. Um, bad pick by me. I did say it was a fuck it bet. Because I love Dan Ige, but John Josh Emmett is an absolute beast. He did a really good job. Yeah, the entire house had John, uh, Josh Emmett on this one too. So we were in we were in with you on that one, 100. percent It looked fantastic. Yeah, Josh Emmett did, and Josh Emmett did win um, by unanimous decision. Uh, and like we said, it was a close fight. I think um, first round went to Josh Emmett with the knockdown. Um, you know, put early pressure on second round. Dan Ige did a good job of controlling the fight. Um, made it kind of seem like it, it, it's the second round was Dan Ige's based on how the exchanges were going. You can kind of tell who's in yeah. control of the fight based on who's getting the better of them. Who's getting, yeah, who's getting, who's landing more damage in, in those exchanges. And by the end of it, it was really close again. But I think down the stretch of the third round, Josh Emmett put a nice visual into the judges' eyes yeah. as to who won that fight. Well, and you can really, as much power as Dan Ige has, you can see the difference. Like, I felt like every time Emmett hit Ige, there was like a, a stun or a little, not a stumble, like didn't knock him down again. Just kind of looked a little like, Yeah, but he looked like, oh yeah. shit. And yeah. then every time Ige would hit Emmett, he'd be like, okay, we're good. I'm good. You know. But yeah, it was a, it was a good fight. Uh, one and three to Emmett. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's obvious by yeah. now, but that's what I had it as. Yeah. One and three for Emmett, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. You 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 stink. Yeah, that was that was that's a fucking bet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me on my fucking bets. All right, so onto the main card here, real quick. We'll go over Sean O'Malley takes on Rillian Piava. Piva. 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 Is it? I thought it was Piva. Piva. It's Piva. Yeah. Depends. Depends if you're British or not. I guess. Why can't we just say it Rulian? Like, you try to say all the last names and they're just well, hard like, to pronounce. I, I know we should. Last names it, right? are more professional, Mike. But we're not John Anik. Professionals. We're not John Anik, man. We can't like get everything right. We're three idiots. Oh. <laughs> this fight clock is presented by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. This is actually not sponsored by P3. Please yeah, do not take no that. No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> Anyways, so. uh... We, we we asked Jason for his, his number one pick oh, yeah. in the interview, and he said Sean O'Malley, first-round knockout. Yeah. So now I feel like an asshole because I'm always telling him, you never give picks in these things. Like You're always yelling at us about picks. And then he gives one pick, and we put it on the airwaves, and he gets it right. So it's, fuck. Well, <laughs> I'll, okay, first of all, I bet O'Malley to win by knockout, so there's a win there. But I also missed this one, too. I was taking a shower this time. Shit shower. What? Just didn't shave. When did you see the fight? Or when did you like enter into the fight? Or why did you take a shower? I took a shower because I just got done working out. It's shower time. 
Workout, shit, shower. And I knew it was going to happen. I mean, Jesus Christ, I bet the guy by KO. But you, you are also known to be a guy who showers and then immediately shits afterwards. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. Um, what's it, habit? I'll call it now. Well, yeah, like, then you gotta like go the, re-shower, like, don't you? Like, it's the feeling that's of the what warm the wet wipes are for. It's the feeling of the warm water, just like <laughs> encompassing you, and then you're like, I'm relaxed well, now. I gotta shit. I can't tell you the real reason because my mom might listen to this one. I don't uh, know either. Yeah, well, it has to do with my addiction. <laughs> well, what? I get out of the shower, I get ready for bed, I throw in some chew, and it's, you know, boom, right there. Oh, it cat's out the bag now. Yeah, it cat's out the bag. <laughs> Mom, I'm 25. Get over it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to text her, like, do not listen to tomorrow. So She's going to listen to it if you text her. And don't, don't listen, listen to it. it. No, no, she'll listen. She doesn't want to hear it. Anyways, <laughs> so, like we said, Jason called it. Uh, really good, re- really good performance by Sean O'Malley. It seems like every time he enters the cage, he looks a little bit better than the last time. I mean, that fight against uh, Montino, I mean, just looked really crisp, really clean. And this one was also a very nice uh, performance here. Sean O'Malley getting the knockout, 442 left in the first round. I mean, landed 40, 40 strikes to Piva's 11. 39 of them significant. And, and the one thing that you really notice in Sean O'Malley's game is ability to switch stance and keep his opponents guessing using feints. Whoosh. Hey guys, Alex here. Uh, so it was at this point in the podcast where my mic decided to just poop out on me. So you will hear it later on. It will come back in as we fixed it. So yeah, um, we're sorry for the inconvenience. We'll try to be better in future podcasts. And back to the podcast. Whoosh. His strike yeah. is unbelievable. He uses feints, and then he understands distance better than better, better than someone his age should. He he's, under- he's older than us. Is he? Yeah, I Googled it the other day. Oh. Because I remember saying it on the podcast last week that he's younger yeah, than Yeah, and I agreed with you. It's I a think tiny he's, brain. He's 26, if I remember correctly. But either way, he's he's a master of understanding that range, and he's such a... He's 5'11", fighting at 135. Yeah. Huge for that weight class. It just he's a puzzle that has yet to be figured out really other than Marlon Vera, but you know, there's still like kind of that weird, like, Oh, you know, he hurt his leg kind of a thing. They could, they could run it back, but I don't, I think Marlon, I don't want them to me either, but you know, Marlon's eight right now. O'Malley 13, 13 mm-hmm. after the fight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, he's got to fight some in the top 10, but we know Marlon's Marlon's coming off a win against Frankie Edgar. They're not going to rematch. I it, I saw like one I saw like one meme it was like um all the Spider-Men pointing to each other. Yeah. And it was uh it was who was it? It's my favorite. Dominic Cruz, uh Cody Garbrandt, um who who was it? Uh uh Frankie Edgar all pointing to each other and it was like who's going to be the next guy that gets slept by Sean O'Malley? It's I hate to say it, it might be Frankie Edgar. I know, but like I, I don't want to sacrifice him. No, a legend. But like someone's gonna get sacrificed. A legend has to be sacrificed to Sean O'Malley because that's always what happens. Yeah, he if you he said he wants to fight for a title at, by the end of 2022, so he's got someone has to just step up and do it. I mean, it's known that I'm not the biggest fan of him, but Jesus Christ, if he keeps doing this, just move him up. Someone's yeah. got to take the fight. He just keeps starching people, but like yeah. end of 2022, he's gonna need to fight. Four, four times, four, or four or five, maybe five times. What in twenty twenty two? O'Malley. Uh, honestly, it could be two to three. 
Depends how well he does against the other yeah. guys, too. I mean, like, if he goes from five to ten. the way he's starching against the big names, like, yeah. he's got to get one like sooner maybe than five. Yeah, if he goes five to ten and starches them, then he's got to fight some of the top five. If he, Even if he wins against some of the top five, there's no way Dana doesn't say, you're next. Depending where the belt is, mm-hmm. Peter Yan will have it by then. And we'll see what goes on from there. Rob Font. No. If he gets through the next one, eventually, if he gets through the next one and maybe the next one, he, I, I'd, I'd imagine him and Rob Font will have a lineup because the schedules match up. Yeah. And well, who did, I, stylistically, oh, oh, no. that would be a fun yeah. fight to watch. Yeah. Two guys that both can live behind their jabs, both really good strikers. Um, both pretty at, long, too. Though. Yeah, both pretty Long big, for the weight class. Yeah, yeah, long for the weight class. I think that would be... I think that it would be. A, I think it would be a fun fight to watch. Yeah, it would it just would be, be. We need the stars line up as far as wins yeah. and losses. And he and just rankings. needs to get one. Honestly, if he just knocks someone out from five to ten, put him against Rob Font, or someone. Or someone in the top, like yeah, five, top five, top, even like top three, if it lines up that way. Yeah. Hmm. As much as I don't like him, I would love to. It would be cool to see him as a champion. He'd probably be like. The weirdest champion we've ever had. The dude loves weed. He's got face tattoos. He'd be good he's for the long, UFC. Long, lanky. Like, he's probably a popular name outside of yeah. the UFC. So. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. So, Sean O'Malley gets it done again in the first round. Jason, uh, good job, man. Good pick. Kai Kara. Mm. Cody Nochin Garbrand. Oh, you are out of pocket, dude. That's a legend. Nochin. <laughs> You're out of pocket. That's a legend. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Former champ. I'm sorry. Check yourself. Then again, did get starched by Kaikara. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, uh, he looked really good. Dude. Yes, we'll get into it. Get into <laughs> it. So, like Alex said, Kaikara France knocks out Cody Garbrandt in the first round at three twenty-one. Um, fight started off a bit slow. That first half of the first round, really, it was just like you know, two guys kind of measuring each other out, kind of seeing what each other wanted to do, and then it started with a blitz by Kaikara France, um, and and that that first exchange. Knocked down Cody Garbrandt with the right hand. Garbrandt scrambled back up to his feet and for whatever reason was like, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah. was egging him on. Like, let's do this. And France put him down like five seconds later. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, just Kai Kara, I mean, he's got some long-ass reach, dude. And he was just kind of, he was kind of smoking him. He was just kind of smoking him left and right. Garbrandt didn't really look like he had an answer to him at all. Um, I mean, what, he got like, what? Kai Kara like doubled his strikes almost didn't he or something like that it was pretty yeah, close to that yeah I mean it looks it, like it but it, I mean you can also say like in that exchange with that knockdown or the two knockdowns he kind of just was piecing him up but like yeah, he was piling it on yeah and, and really I felt like that, that that was too easy yeah yeah well Kai Kara probably has a title fight right now I could definitely see that yeah. happening I mean that he's they gotta do the trilogy first but after that, which is in January, so it, it could line up. It does line up nice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Kaikar France does look like he should be next in line to fight for that uh, flyweight belt. Another um, city kickboxing champion. Do we dare? Ooh, that would be that. I mean, Adesanya, that'd be cool. Volk, and the cool thing about those guys is that they always put on super entertaining fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, that's so, why I bet on Brad Riddell. <laughs> we're not gonna live in the past. But <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I I mean, so this brings up the argument. This was Cody Garbrandt's very first fight in the flyweight division. Cut roughly, uh, he cut ten pounds more than what he usually does. Yeah. No matter how you 
you know, slice it up. It's 10 pounds less. So this goes back to that argument. When you cut down one more weight class, does it get, does it eliminate your chin? Does it eliminate that chin health? And I think Mm -hmm. you two guys being wrestlers, I don't know if you guys obviously didn't strike at all, but when you guys started cutting the weight or anything like that, did you feel weaker? Did it feel like you had less to give? Well, my weight cut wasn't as drastic. I was just in middle school, so it was just kind of like, you know, it wasn't really, like, super bad weight cutting, and I was still pretty, like, light at that time, so I didn't really have to worry about it that much. Um, But, no, I've seen, like, I mean, it's got to, like, it happened to Joanna, right, when she cut down, and who'd she face? It was, was that? Rose. It was Rose, yeah, and she got, I mean, she got fucking hit, and I mean, she was getting fucked up. Like, that's just how it is. Like, sometimes, like, you just go down lower, and I think, like, I mean, it just it just shows for the most part when you do cut a lot of weight, especially when they look like shit too when you're cutting weight. It could it could weaken your chin a lot more. I mean, so per, personal experience in high school, um, cutting from like 150 to 120 and making that weight three four times a week sometimes, weighing in and then wrestling like a fucking hour later. I can tell you, it yeah, it'll it'll affect you physically. Uh, I don't think no. The only time I got knocked out in a wrestling match, I wasn't cutting that much weight. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely affected me. But I will say this too, like uh, an old teammate of mine, Jimmy Davis, used to cut the same exact amount of weight as me. But that motherfucker would show up ready to go, absolutely primed to perform. In Cody's instance. I don't know, man. We've seen him get dropped before in bad cases um, multiple times. It could be the weight cut. It could be it's just getting caught. I mean, I I don't know. I I would like to hope that if he goes back up to 135, this doesn't happen again, but we don't know. Um, Maybe this was just his only fight at 125, but we'll see. Uh, For right now, I, I can't conclude whether or not it was due to the weight cut. Like I said, he's had issues in the past. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it was only weight, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, in the sense that like, it's a possibility. Happen, yeah, yeah. That just happened. It's definitely a possibility. Regardless of whether or not it did hurt him, um, he does go down with a knockout loss to Kai Car France again in the first round. Um, again, we took Kai Car France mm-hmm. moneyline as a dog yeah. plus one fifteen, mm-hmm. so that has to feel that oh, feels yeah. pretty good for us and and the guys. If you guys rode with that, a hell of a win there. Good underdog take. All right, so on to the next fight. We took we had Jeff Neal defeating Santiago Ponzinibbio via split decision um, in the middleweight division. I, uh, I mean, good for Jeff Neal. He was outstruck. I thought he won though. I thought they got it right. I, I, I from what I'm from my understanding is that they did get it right. I don't have the the scorecards in front of me. I'm not exactly sure. I think someone scored the fight. Ponzinibbio thirty to twenty seven though. No, they. I think they scored it for. It was the third judge, I think, and they scored it thirty for twenty seven for Neil. I'm like, eh, Ponzinibbio at least got one, but I I can't remember exactly. I I like I said, I couldn't watch this fight, I, and and I couldn't find anything on it really anywhere, yeah. like, you know, YouTube news articles. I couldn't find. I have no idea what happened in this fight. So I don't. Know, did you guys? Yeah. I was pulling a Mike Grosh in the bathroom, not a shower. A nice old grumper. So I missed a majority of this fight. It happens. So, yeah, we're, we're bad podcasters, I guess. Well, I mean, like I said, I agree with the judges. Um, I I like It says one and three. I uh, agree with that. Just because, if, uh, if I remember correctly, the first round, 
Neil had, um, he had. I feel like he had better. If, Jesus Christ, I can't remember anything right now. I don't know. He to me, he controlled the fight more. He didn't outstrike him, but he controlled the center. He controlled the fight. Um, and I, honestly, in that third round, which it probably came down to, in a lot of people's mind, he it looked like he had more in the tank. He had more to give. And it, I feel like that left an impression in the judges. Like, okay, if this were to go to four or five, who's going to pull away and win? And I did think Jeff Neal just benefited from that. Yeah, and we, we took Ponzinibbio as a slight favorite. His money line was minus 130. Um, that is our, I mean, technically our third miss on the card so far. So, uh, are you okay? They keep spilling water on my pants, man. Slowly, you just went from one dot to like a, <laughs> yeah, right, a streak on my pants. It went to a dot, and then it gradually just no, kept getting like more and more. Myself. We don't no, have to talk about those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Jeff Neal does pull out the decision win. All right, so on to the co-main event, and obviously the shock of the night. Juliana Pena submits... Amanda Nunes in the second round with 326 with a rear naked choke. Very nice. And the two guys sitting to the right of me threw money on Juliana Pena. To, I mean, what? Give, give me some thoughts here, guys. Well, Dylan won $700 off this fight. He put 100 on Pena right before it started. I put a measly five yes, and walked same. away with 65. I'll take it. I got, I did not get 65 out of mine. I put five and got like 30-something knotted or something like that. Jeez, what odds for you, bet? I do not remember. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Roommates kept egging me on. They kept telling me, you got to you gotta better than Benson Mill, girl. You got it, dude. She's from Chicago. You know, you got to go for it. Um, and, you know, I just, I just kind of went with it on that. I thought she was just going to outstrike her, honestly. I thought she was just going to beat the shit out of her, which she kind of did. I mean, she definitely did. But I thought it was going to be more of like a knockout TKO when they were talking to me about Pena. And they were telling me she's just an excellent striker and that, like, but I don't know. I just, that's what I heard. And that's mm-hmm. where I went with. And I went with it. And I'm glad I did because that saved the night. Your roommates are smart, but for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they failed successfully. Mm-hmm. So Juliana yeah. Pena, not a striker. Oh, okay. She's a wrestler. She looked mm-hmm. like one. But she looked like one. She's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. She looked like one against the gassed out Amanda Nunes. Yeah. All due yeah. respect. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, she talked a lot of shit going into this fight, and, and she did exactly what she said. She got the champ into deep waters and, and you know, wore her down. And I just didn't really think it would take one and a half rounds to do it. And uh, I did read something on another MMA podcast, or not an MMA podcast, but another podcast that does focus on MMA where uh, one of the hosts said it was like watching a regional fight. Uh, Nunez performed like she was watching a regional fight. She just took it to her early and decided to just press forward with reckless abandonment and just gassed herself out. But, like, you're the champion, and you're gassing yourself out in the second round of a fight. Well, she looked kind of tired after the first. I don't. I mean, she controlled her the entire first round, but like, she came on that second. I'm like, what? What is? She, why is she breathing? What is she breathing? Heavy? Like, I, I don't know. She looked off. Yeah, she and looked really off. Yeah. And the 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 only other time where, before Men and Nunez became, or after Nunez became the goat, the only other time where she has really looked like she's been in trouble is that Durandamy fight when Durandamy, you know, had her arm was able to control her a bit on the ground, but. I said Duran to me, right? You did. First time ever. <laughs> wow. But it was the only time really. No, only because you said the last name. You didn't say the full name. 
Jermaine Durandamy. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh! Good job. Give me <laughs> yeah, that was the only other time Amanda Nunes just found herself in trouble. I mean, she was really win- she was winning the Durandamy fight, but, I mean, I think Juliana Pena used that game plan, dragging her deep waters, and, and like, like Mike said, first round was all Nunes, second, and she scored that, that knockdown, but after that, a gassed Amanda Nunes, and like yeah. Michael Bisping always says, if you don't have that gas tank, you can be the best fighter in the world, like Amanda Nunes still is, I believe, the best women's fighter in the world. But if you lose that gas tank, you instantly be- become a can. Yeah, I mean, um, Jesus, go ahead, Alex. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, when you start breathing heavy, you know, uh, those punches start hurting a little bit more. You know, the the tank on the ground just usually is really bad, especially if you're gassed. You know, like wrestling is a lot of energy, obviously, exerted forward. Like, more energy than most what you're ever doing in the ring, in the octagon, right? But, like, I mean, yeah, if you're going gassed into that second round, I mean, and you're just, yeah, just everything's just that much harder. Mm. Yeah, I remember now. I, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like Nunez might have uh, thought she could just go in there in the first round just put her away right away and then after that just kind of like oh shit you know like i can't put her away that easy she's a dog she's fighting she's hitting me back like a lot you know and really coming at her um i don't want to take anything away from pena but i do want to because we talked about it in the garbrandt fight do you think maybe the weight cut affected nudos a little bit she yeah, doesn't I, fight a lot at 135 that was now. that was one thing that people and, were saying was mm-hmm. like you know, she, it, is she even gonna bother trying to, to come back? And and we'll we'll talk I, about this a little bit later. I she definitely, she I think she will as well. Yeah. But you know, she hadn't fought there in a long time. That's a much bigger weight cut. Again, another ten pounds than what she normally cuts. Yeah, and I think she, I would guess she probably walks around at one fifty five. And if you don't know, cutting weight for women is so much Hard. fucking harder than it is for the men. It's unbelievable. It's how much harder it is. I, maybe it did no credit away from Pena she really showed out she's tough as fuck she brought it to the champ and now she's the champ yeah she brought it to her in that second round all pressure by Pena uh, forced Nunes on the back foot a couple times I mean how many times have we seen a man Nunes take a step backwards in a fight never in the cyborg fight That yeah. that's so terrifying that she never took a back step against cyborg and then gets has to take back steps against Pena. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking and crazy. Again, credit to Juliana Pena. She ate some shots in that she second did. round too, hey. and just kept pressuring. That that Chicago right there, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bensonville, Bensonville. Bensonville, A little bit of Canada in there too, eh? Did you, uh, did you hear what uh, Pena said after the fight? It was like a post fight where she was like talking about how Amanda was like not training, or she heard someone that like Amanda was not training until like the last two weeks of the fight or some shit. Yeah, there like was that. like there was a rumor going around before the fight, and they were saying how like oh like she's not taking her seriously, like yeah. she's already looking on to her next potential opponent, which. Yeah we can talk about right now Kayla Harrison ultimately has to be the She's biggest there she has to yeah. be the biggest loser on the night that didn't even fight and has to be the biggest loser on the night because she just lost a huge payday well she's still in the PFL right now I yeah, don't know if she's gonna renew that Amanda Nunes wins this fight Kayla Harrison's next yeah yeah that I was gonna say that but, but like if she could do another year in the PFL if she wants cause she'll just win it again and make millions of dollars um, or a million? I don't know. I, Maybe I don't know. I think the, the, the end of the tournament, so money. I believe the end of the tournament, the winner gets a million dollars. Um, I don't know what that looks like after taxes, but she's still doing a hell of a lot better than us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
You're right. I, if she wins that UFC signs her that day, I mean, she was in attendance. Dana would turn around and go, "All right, let's let's go sign the contract." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, a lot. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more coming into news time, but yeah, Juliana Pena gets it done in the second round with a rear naked choke. Congrats, uh, stuns the, the world. If you yeah, took Juliana Pena by submission in the second round, plus thirteen hundred odds. Just saying. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have seen that coming, if you would have put money on that, I probably would have called you an idiot. I mean, I put Amanda Nunes on sub, which looked pretty fucking good in the first <laughs> round. But, you know. Yeah, I, I bet against myself. Oh. Well, I mean. It, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out in the end. Maybe you should fade yourself more often. That's my plan this weekend. <laughs> Whatever I think going to happen, I'm against it. I already did it for Thursday Night Football. We, should, we didn't put the game on. Anyways. That's all right. I'm so, going to check right now. So, out of the main event, Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier fought for the lightweight title. Uh, Charles Oliveira coming away with the submission win in the third round in a minute with a minute two left in the fight. Um, I mean, I, I, Dustin Poirier won that first round, and then after that, all Charles Oliveira. All Charles Oliveira. Just like, cause it's just like Oliveira's last fight against Chandler. You know, Chandler kind of looked like he was getting him in the first, and then second round, just fucking put him away. Yeah, and I think the, the misnomer that Charles Oliveira is a quitter now can officially be taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say something. My brother um, brought a good, really good point up to me on Saturday while, we were, while he was watching I was watching it. Um, the the overall striking work of Oliveira in that first round, I think we think it paid dividends. Because obviously Poirier went mainly to the head. Um, he might have thrown a couple body shots or kicks in there. I don't think so. He basically used his hands ba- only. Yeah, basically hands only to the head. And Oliveira was using those front kicks, kicking a lot of body shots, a lot of knees to the body, which you're going to fucking wear on you. Those, I bet you that shit hurts so bad. And then it you know, ended up, probably, I, I think, and I'll come out and say it, that it paid dividends to uh, put some body damage on Poirier. Absolutely. And, and that second round... Uh, like we said, the first round would belong to Poirier. He scored a knockdown, um, and then the second round came out. Charles Rivera took Dustin Poirier to the ground, used his jiu-jitsu really well there, controlled him the ent- <laughs> controlled the entire round, and Dustin Poirier had zero intent of opening up that guard. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether or not I agree with that, but like obviously Charles Oliveira has the most submission victories in the UFC. Um, history? History. Yeah, history. So, like... 19. And, and a credit to Dustin for his own resume in jiu-jitsu. Sorry, jiu-jitsu. He is a black belt. Um, but Charles Oliveira is on another level on the ground, I think. Um, well, and it's probably just not even... Um, Jesus Christ. Brain work. Um, it's not even a question. Obviously, Oliveira's jiu-jitsu is better. Um, but I, I, why would you not try to get up? I don't... I don't but I'm not a fighter. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and, and you could tell Dustin Poirier going into the third round was visibly worn out, visibly gassed out from, you know, being basically controlled for an entire round. And, you know, it only took Oliveira a minute to get that to get the back of Dustin Poirier and sink in that rear naked. Yeah, once he gets the back, it's over. Well, that's not technically it's not true. It's entirely true. But, 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 I mean, you give a jiu-jitsu ace like that, a guy who has won by 19 submissions, a UFC all-time record holder in submissions, 
finishes and I think something else, but I can't remember. It's I mean, escaping he's, me at the moment. But fought like twenty-seven times in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't give the guy the back, and he did. Um, so I, I took the night of. I took Dustin Poirier just because I was betting with my heart, not the smartest. But since I took Poirier, I did take. Um, what was it? Poirier under two and a half. Yeah, yeah, under two and a half, which I guess kind of a weird pick because I, I did favor Poirier going into the later rounds, but in reality, um, Poirier was just he was visibly winded after that second round and um, had no answer for Oliveira. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, it was it was kind of an exciting fight to watch again. I mean, you kind of knew it was going to be just electric going into it. You know, both these guys are just great at what they do, and obviously they're fighting for the championship. Yeah. They're obviously great for what they do, but like. Um, yeah, and I, a stylistic matchup, uh, in a sense, you know, one's kind of more of like a stand-up kind of guy, and the other guy's more, uh, more of a jiu-jitsu master, and, you know, those always, those always bring out interesting fights, not saying Oliveira can't stand on the feet, because he definitely can, but, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch that night, especially Piss Drunk in, the, in my friend's house, watching the fight, and all of us just getting absolutely yeah. pissed, because we thought we were gonna, we thought, uh, we thought Poirier was gonna win, we took Poirier on that one, too, so... A little tough of a night. All right, so really quickly, we're going to go over what we think is next for both of them. We're kind of going a bit long on time here, but um, Dustin Poirier, uh, Nate Diaz reached out to Dustin Poirier and said, hey, let's fight. Let's fight next month. And, and Dustin Poirier said he was down after initially um, saying, you know, contemplating retirement and thinking um, he may never make that, want to make that cut again. So that would be an interesting one to see. No. I'm out on As far it. as a money fight. Yeah, but I'm out on it. I, don't. I think Dustin Poirier would starch him. Yeah, I, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't want to see that fight either. I mean, I would just rather see, you know, uh, Poirier fight one of the top contenders again or something yeah, like that. But or... he does cut down from, like, 190. He does. He's, he's a so big, big lightweight. He's um, so big. And then for Oliveira, there was some controversy going into this as well. Oliveira said he's not stupid. You know, he might go chase that money with McGregor, McGregor. while he is the uh, champion. And I hope that doesn't happen, bro. There's so many more deserving people, in my opinion. I mean, like, the, the next logical guy would be Justin Gaethje. I mean, they interviewed him after the fight. It seemed like that was the lo- it is the logical matchup to make. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I understand these guys. You know, they... they even when you're the champion, you don't make all that much money compared to the boxing. And McGregor is, he's a money fight. No matter who he fights, it's red panty night. Yeah, but how did you justify that at all? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, Charles Oliveira has, uh, he, he has the right now to call out whoever he wants. And, and, and as of right now, I think he wants to fight McGregor for the money. Well, wait till Uncle Danny gets a fucking hold of him. Um, and regardless, I, I just want to say congrats to Charles Oliveira. He might reign over this division for a while. He I'd looks be, really, really I'd be okay good. with that. He does. And look even good. if he fights Gaethje, how does Gaethje handle the ground? I mean, I guess the only thing that would help him would be he's a division one wrestler, so that defensive wrestling has served him well in the past. Other than Khabib, yeah, yeah, you can make a good point, but still, I don't know. All right, so we'll go through the news here real quickly. Like we said, we're a bit short on time. Uh, John Jones strikes a plea deal um, with a case. Are we? It's like nine. It's the third quarter, but <laughs> sorry, Ryan, we won't be over tonight. All right. So, anyways, John Deal, John Jones strikes a plea deal, has his case dismissed for a battery, and um, for a domestic battery and a felony charge to a um, was it a government vehicle, damage yeah. to a government vehicle. So, 
I mean, the guy has to have the best lawyer in the world. Yeah, no jail time. None. Yeah, so just absurd. pays a small fee, has to do some community service, but nice gets out of it again. Those. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> so I'd uh, like to talk to his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so the UFC has gotten in some hot water recently. Um, it has been exposed that they have been charging their fighters for their own COVID tests. And saying that uh, the UFC has come out saying that they have reimbursed their the fighters for this, but kind of a weird thing that like you're a multi million dollar company, you you run these huge pay per view events that bring in millions of dollars and so many buys, and you're charging your fighters to get tested so they can perform for you to make the money. Oh, why are they even tested at this point? You kind of have to, because yeah. there's been a couple cards oh. that have been canceled because people have tested positive. I mean, Amanda Nunes was one of those people. If they feel fine, quote, quote. <laughs> I guess. I'm just playing devil's avocado right now. But <laughs> the devil's avocado. I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm just messing around. Obviously, we want everyone to be healthy and safe. But, I mean, if they feel okay. <laughs> and I the guess. other guy signs a contract saying, I will fight this opponent <laughs> who knowingly has COVID. Eh, why not? <laughs> Very interesting take, Michael. Um <laughs> And then <laughs> we didn't even talk about the point of them paying for COVID tests, but eh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's kind of messed up. Yeah, it's a little yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy but, you know. Anyway, so um, they updated the pound for pound rankings, and two things stood out to me. One, Char- Charlie Olives has moved into the top five in pound for pound fighters. Um, I guess not too crazy. Well, you know, he did uh, just beat. You, uh, do we have time? Can you pull up the pound for pound for me? I want to look at it because. I'm very interested to see. And then another one that was quite shocking was that, um, who is it? Juliana Pena has now moved ahead, obviously, of Amanda Nunes into the third pound-for-pound fighter. But the weird thing to me was that Amanda Nunes is four and Rose Namajunas is two. Yeah, pull up the whole thing for me. Okay, Kamaru, Volk. Oh. Yeah, I want to look at that one. Yeah, I I agree with the men's one. I really do. Because, Jesus, I always forget about the other champions in in the men's divisions. Uh, Volk, Adesanya, Nganu, Oliveira, and obviously Kamaru. I don't know. I I feel like I put Adesanya above Volk, but that's just me. And maybe Charles above Francis. I would agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I agree with that one. I kind of like that. But in the the women's pound for pound, where did it go? It's the it's gonna be the first there one. There we go. Yeah. Oh shit! The bullet. Valentina, my wife. Yeah, Valentina <laughs> now has moved to the number one pound for pound women's fighter in the world. Rose Namajunas moves up from three to two. Amanda Nunes drops two full spots. Juliana Pena jumps up seven to number four. I think it's a bit of a head scratcher to move Rose ahead of Nunes though. Well, how is Juliana not above Nunes? If we're going off recent results. I mean, career-wise, not even a fucking contest. Yeah. But, like, recency? She just beat her. <laughs> I just, I, I struggle thinking that Rose Namajunas is better pound for pound than Amanda Nunes. Yeah, but I love Thug Rose. Yeah. So do I, but, like, right. I, it doesn't yeah, make I, sense I agree to me. So, you, do you think Rose should be five, then? Or four? I think she should be, should be three. But how does that work if Pena would be above Nunes? Yeah, you can put Pena, too, then. No, no. So Honestly, you'd be, you'd just be... switch Nunes opinion for right now. For right now. I mean, I guess I just... These I... things change like four times every year. 
I don't know. I agree with you, but then I'm like looking at the rest of it. I I don't know. And I, recency bias too. Honestly. I guess yeah. I guess you can't put Julian Pena number two in the world behind Shevchenko. That wouldn't make any I sense. I think, and I think Shevchenko would fucking destroy her. But I could be wrong. She just proved me wrong anyway. Just, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. I'd actually like to see that fight. Let's let's watch Valentina go up to 135 now, and then win the belt against Pena and. Get that third fight against... Uh, yeah, I guess who else does she have to fight in the flyweight division? She could be champ, champ, champ. <laughs> triple C. The new Triple C. Triple C in the women's division. That would be the GOAT. <laughs> that would be nuts. We'd like so. that. Because she'd have to beat uh, Nunes twice. She'd have to, to tie her at 135 and then 145. In my hypothetical make-believe world. This is this really strange where... <laughs> We're going off on a tangent here. Let's get back to it. <laughs> Fuck it. Valentin Shevchenko, all four belts at once, baby. <laughs> it cuts down to 115. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> all right, so we're going to preview Fight Night 45, Lewis versus Dacus. Um, we took the very... Or I personally took the very first fight of the prelims. I have Jordan Leavitt defeating Matt Styles. Um, I'm just going to take the leave in money line here at a slight favorite at minus 120. Uh, you know, I think, I think, I think Jordan Leavitt has really strong wrestling and Styles has shown issues with his defensive grappling in the past. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've, but the, then again, Bryce Mitchell is just nuts, dude. That guy is crazy on the ground. I mean, he's, he put the dude in the friggin' twister. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, that's <laughs> nuts, dude. Like, Twisters are absurdly hard to do. Like, I'm sure if uh, if Mike was here to talk about it right now, he would totally say the exact same thing. Like, twisters are one of the more rare, like, submissions you'll ever see in the UFC. And honestly, like, that was nuts. But, like, I, that being said, I do agree with you. I think Jory Leavitt, the Monkey King, is an excellent grappler. You know, and he has that slam KO, too. In his last, like, what, his, it was either his most recent fight or the second most recent fight as well. And, you know, uh, Matt Silas just doesn't look like a great guy, a um, great matchup against him. Yeah, and I mean, it does go to, it does go without saying that Jordan Leavitt has five pro submission wins, um, and, and he does average um, a little bit over three takedowns per 15 minutes. So, uh, you know, uh, Matt Silas doesn't like going to the ground. He has actually a 0% takedown accuracy. I don't think, I don't know if that has anything to do with him He's never not, shooting. Like, bad on the ground. Like, he got a submission against Kyle Nelson. Like, he choked him out. Like, I don't know how good yeah. Kyle Nelson is on the ground, but, like, I mean, you still got a submission in a UFC fight. Like it's not a bad thing, like ever. I guess that's true. If you're just gonna play devil, just gonna play this yeah, devil's I mean, advocate just, here. Just say it, like you know. I mean, he does his in his last two fights, he does have a submission up against, you know, Kyle Nelson in his second most recent fight, and you know it was he didn't look like bad up in standing up though. So I mean, it could be different stylistically as well. I mean, if he gets him a couple good times up top. You know, that could be game over for Levitt, but you never know. Yeah, I think that's kind of why the, the odds are a bit closer um, in that fight. But, uh, again, I'm going to go with the favorite, Jordan Levitt, here. Um, again, just going to take his money line at minus 120. I don't think he's going to be able to lock into that submission. But um, if he does, you know, I'll take that either way. A win's a win. But, I, like you said, I did highlight this as a caution bet for yeah, myself. 100%. Um, I, I don't I don't feel crazy confident about this, especially because I don't really know too much about either of the guy. Um, personally, it's just been a lot of research. All right, so uh, the next fight we looked at uh, Raquel Pennington taking on Macy Chasson. Um, I thought it was Parisian. And, uh, did you want to talk about that one? 
Dontel. Did you want to talk about that? I, I mean, skipped over it. Oh, I mean, I just have, like, I was just going to say that uh, Friesian just looks like a guy, uh, just based off of what I've read and what I saw, he's kind of not a great guy in later rounds, what I've seen so far. Um, he's an interesting guy. Uh, he beat, like, a pretty big dude, but then lost to, what's his name? He lost to, uh, I can't think of his name right now. He beat Johnson. He's lost to Porter. Porter. It was Porter. And Porter's a pretty small dude. Who, like, you know, and I think Kong is, he's a big boy. He hits real well. He's a great guy up top. I think that, I think if you're going to go anything with this, I'd say go Lord Kong. Dante. Yeah. Dante Mays is a knockout favorite. Yeah. I think, I, I, I believe looking into the knockout, he was, I, I think, I mean, I mean it's you, like a crazy amount of his wins have come by knockout. Yeah. It's like eighty percent of his wins have come by knockout. And I think for that reason we I I stayed away from this just because the odds were so they weren't good. Yeah, but you can put him in a parlay if you want. And plus he I mean, Dantel Dantel Tale is faced off against Cyril Ghan not too long ago either. Or I don't know, actually it might have been two thousand nineteen or something like that. But like he faced off against him he didn't look too bad. I mean, he got kind of fucked. He got fucked up at the end, but like, you know, he didn't look too bad, honestly. And it's against Gon, who's currently fighting, who's currently going to fight for a title right now. So like, that's never a bad thing to, you know, go pretty good with it, like back and forth with him for a little bit in the first couple rounds when he, they fought each other. So I, I, I think I have, uh, I think I got the Lord Kong here. I think he's just gonna, I think he's gonna do real well here, especially if he gets him in the later rounds against Josh. So what, what would be your pick then in that fight? I would say knockout. If not knockout, just get a straight money line on him. Um, I think Gonzalez, the Lord Kong, just based off of the stuff that I've, like, based off of the couple fights that I watch of him, just looked way better than this Parisian guy. I mean, literally the only video I found of this dude was fighting in, like, some league in Kentucky, and he was, like, this big-ass motherfucker he was fighting, and he starched him. But, like, it was, like, you could tell the dude he was fighting was just, like, not that experienced. Like, and he got caught. And the kid, that, the guy who was fighting that wasn't that experienced, he got a couple leg checks on him too, like some really good leg checks on him too, and so I'm just I I think that up top, you got a dude who's bigger, longer reach. I think I think he wins that. And that's that's just me though. Yeah, I, I ended up staying away from that just because I'm not I'm not a big fan of the odds there. But um, like you said, if you wanted to take if you wanted to take the uh, what is it Kong in uh, his money line, or if you wanted to take the knockout, um, you'll have to do a bit of research on the odds on that. I didn't end up doing anything. Did did. Did you end up looking? Uh, no, I didn't really look at the odds on that. I'm pretty sure though that uh, I got it. Dantale is a favorite, if I'm not mistaken. He is, yeah. So I mean, yeah, minus two hundred favorite on Barstool. Yeah. yeah. So I think on I don't think he was that bad on uh, DraftKings, but I'd have to check that out. But yeah, like it didn't look that bad, and I thought if you put him in a nice little parlay with something, like maybe a little two three legger, I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah. This might be a parlay card. It's kind of looking like it. All right, yeah. so the next fight we have is Raquel Pennington taking on Macy Chasson. Uh, Macy Chasson is coming off. She, she, I think she is. She's, she's on a better. She looks to be in better form than Raquel Pennington. Mm-hmm. Raquel Pennington has lost two in a row, I believe. Chasson coming in with a two-fight win streak and has gone seven and one as a pro. But it does go without saying she is stepping in on two weeks' notice uh, as a late fill-in. She will have a, a four and a half inch reach that should help keep Pennington away from her. Yeah. Uh, Pennington has a is a more of a 
she, she's more wrestle heavy, I guess. Um, well, I don't know that more clinch heavy, I guess you you could say. There was the they both have this. They have both one similar matchup, which is uh, Marion Renault. Uh, she was number ten when Pennington fought her. I think she was number eleven when Macy fought her. And even though Macy got less strikes on uh, Marion, I dude Marion was gushing like a pig, bro. Like she was like bleeding like a motherfucker. And like when against Pennington, it took her a long time to even like get her like to start. Like I don't even know if she bled in that fight to be honest with you. Like I watching both of those fights, I think Macy her. Striking just looked more powerful. It was and it was fast too. It was fucking fast. I was like she was whipping around, dude. Like I was very surprised to see that. I don't like. I have never really like prior to those fights. I never really saw her and like now like watching those fights and stuff like that. I think Jason's a scary woman and I think she's gonna. I think she's got a good chance to win this. But this is also gonna be a very good fight. Yeah, like you said, Macy Chasson does have the power. Um, I think that could lead the judges more in her favor. Maybe she doesn't quite have the um, the output maybe as much. Um, but, uh, again, I, I think that the, the power will show up in the judges' scorecards. Um, I, for me, this feels a bit like betting with my heart. It's not that I don't like uh, Raquel Pennington. It's just she has a bit of a boring style. Yeah, definitely. It's a bit more boring. Yeah. And... She has this weird, like, alternate reality universe that she lives in where she blames her opponents for it being a boring fight every single time. And I don't, I don't get it. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting kind of, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. So, you know, I think I, I, I like Macy Chasen's output. I like her, um, she, she absorbs less strikes and really, um, I don't know. I, I would I would just much prefer her to win. Yeah. So I, I like like we said we took Macy Chasen. She is the underdog. I I'm gonna take her money line at plus one fifty. I'm also with you on that one. I've also taken the money line on that. All right. So on to the next fight that I ended up taking. I don't know if you wanted to look through any more of these. Um, Charles actually it is the next fight on the card. Mm-hmm. Charles Jordan will take on and uh, Andre Ewell. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan has finished. His finishes in all 11 of his wins, and eight of them are by knockouts. Um, Jordan uh, as, is the favorite in this fight. Um, Ewell is moving up from a bantamweight, but will have a six-reach advantage, which has always been kind of his thing. He's always been a guy who will try and distance box people. Mm-hmm. He'll always try and use that length, live behind that jab, which isn't a bad thing, but he's never really been able to put anything together. I mean, he beat... Um, who did he beat? Damn it. I'm going to look through this again. Uh, AJ Philly? Is that who you're thinking of? No. God damn it. Martinez? Yeah, yeah. Martinez. What the fuck is his first name? I can't remember. He he beat an aging an aging old name and didn't look good doing it. Both of his, his last two wins have been split decisions. Yeah. And one of them was to... Um, one of, oh, it was against Barrow. And in Barrow. And in Barrow. And then another one was against, um, who was it? This is really good podcasting. Uh, Rivera. His his other Jimmy one Rivera. was, I can't remember who it was. Anyways, he, he was giving up seven inches of reach. Yeah. And put, and only won both of those by split decisions. I mean, it, he hasn't shown me much where I can 
you know, look at his performance and say that was a clean performance. Even his wins don't look very clean. Yeah. Um, and, and like we said, Charles Jordan has the power. Um, He's crazy, man. Dude's super explosive. I mean, didn't he just get, like, a flying knee, like, knocked out not too long ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I, I don't know. Like, just watching a couple of his fights, too, he just, he, he kind of just goes at people. Like, just goes at them. And I don't know if he can keep up with that. Like you said, he's more of, like, a guy that kind of, like, goes in, gets, like, a punch or two, pops out, goes in. Like, that's kind of the style, at least from what I've seen. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't really, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see that movement really helping him too much and against a guy who constantly looks like he's wanting to press forward and just absolutely beat the living daylights out of you. Uh, so, yeah, we ended up taking Charles Jordan. Again, Jordan by knockout at plus 180. Um, for me, bit of a warning fight only because Ewell does have a large reach advantage, but I don't really think that's going to help him too much. So, again, Jordan by knockout plus 180. Yeah. I was talking to some people, too, about that. Um, or not talking, sorry. I was watching, like, a couple, like, UFC people, and they were talking about how, like, if uh, if Jordan goes for the legs right away, like, he can really kind of screw you all up because, like, that's most of his game, right? Like, just getting, staying on the legs and kind of going back and forth and moving around a lot with them. So if he goes after the legs real quick and then he kind of moves in the distance, I don't think that would be a bad idea either. And they were talking that Jordan doesn't really have that bad of kicks, so... All right, so uh, I, I personally didn't end up taking this fight, but up next on the card, Sajari Eubanks will take on Melissa Gatto. Um, Melissa Gatto, kind of a unknown more in the UFC. She only has one fight, uh, a win against Leonardo. Um, so I, I know you had some thoughts about Sajari Eubanks. I love Sajari Eubanks. This girl is a psycho in the best way possible. She's, like, super nice off, off the outside of the octagon, but, like, really inside the octagon, she's a killer. We saw her last fight. I saw her last fight um, that she won yeah. by knockout, and that was I, I don't remember the exact kind of knockout, but I, I just agree with I think Eubanks was just gross. I love Eubanks. I I've been a big fan of hers for just since her last fight. I think she's awesome. A little little cockeyed a little bit, but she's she's a great woman, and she's gonna knock the hell out of Gatto. I don't know if that last statement is true. I'm going to take her money line. Though. I, like, <laughs> I like Eubanks a lot. Me, me, and, me and my buddy, ever since we watched her last fight, I've been a big fan of Eubanks. I think Sajari Eubanks is a very large favorite in that one. Again, I didn't write down the odds, so maybe another parlay piece that you mm. um, that you could put in there. So we're going to skip a couple fights up in the card here. Um, we're going to move up to Justin Stolfis taking on Gerard Mirchart. Mirchart? No, Jesus, you messed me up. I... Did you have it? Gerard Mirchart. Ah, what an unfortunate name. Shart? Shart. Yep. So, Gerald Mishard ha- does have I think 31. Oh. I'm kidding. But speaking of which, so help us settle this. So, me and my brother mm-hmm. had a debate one night. It was like 3 in the morning, and we were discussing if sharding your pants is the same as shitting your pants. It might as well be. There's shit in your pants. That's what I'm saying. But he's contesting that there has to be a log or like a little lump of coal in your pants well, in order for it to be a shit in your pants. So, I'll tell you a, a quick story. <laughs> I got my COVID vaccine back in, I believe it was May, you know. Uh, and I woke up two days after, like dehydrated as fuck. You know, I didn't move the whole day before. I stayed in bed all day. Um, and I woke up Sunday and I trusted a fart. And I don't know. I don't know if I would consider it a shart or a shit. To me, a shit. It's like diarrhea. But like, even if that's technically a shart, 
I shit my pants in my in my eyes. It's the same, same same but different. Yeah, I, I shit my pants. Apparently, it happens every year after the age of twenty-one. I've only done it once after turning twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, I can't say those numbers are factual, personally. Well, according to Minard uh, and a few of my other buddies. Where are you at on that number? <sighs> Look, all right, I have not yet sharded my pants in my old age of 21 uh in the sense of during college i have in fact shit myself fully uh, like a full poop like a full poop um oh, it was it was a really uh really really fun night of drinking um didn't have control of any sort of my bowels or anything clearly um I woke up, had a nice little, uh, not a log, but it was like a little pellet in there, and I uh, immediately went home, and I, and I thought to myself, wow, I am 19 years old, and I'm still shitting myself. This is fantastic, and that's my story of how I shit myself. And that's why you always sit on the toilet when you fart. I will not fart unless I'm in a bathroom or over a toilet. That's crazy. I don't trust it. Well, you, like, you haven't trusted a fart in how many years? Well, you don't, that's not true. You farted in my presence. You don't do the old... Since since May, when I actually shit myself, Wait, you I have not farted unless I'm in a bathroom or over a toilet. It hurts, but I ain't doing it again. You, you don't do the old push a little bit, see if something feels no, like it's coming out, no, and you're like, oh that's shit, that's not I, happening, and then you just... That's where I made my mistake. That's how I ruined my favorite pair of pajamas. See, that's see if it's always a maybe, you just gotta go to the toilet. But if it's not a maybe and you're just feeling good that entire day and you've just been fucking ripping ass, you're just gassy, then that's that's fine. You just rip ass right then and there. Just, just sit on the toilet. It's so much easier. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> back to the podcast. It's Christmas. So Mirchard has 26 submission wins of his 31 pro stoppages, and Stolfus does have a poor takedown defense of roughly 52 or roughly 50 percent. Um, I mean, I, I think Stolfus struggled against Rodolfo Vieira, who is also a submission artist, just like Mirchard. Um, I don't see this playing out any other way. Um, for me, I'm going to take Mirchard by submission. It's only plus 130, but I, I still see value in that. It's, if it's it's not money, it's not minus money. I still think that you can make money on this fight. Um, he's gonna throw some submissions. He's gonna catch him somewhere. Um, I do I, I do feel bad for Stolfus. The dude has fought um, some pretty good names uh, since coming to the OC. He's fought Kyle Dawkins and then of course um, Vieira. It, it just it doesn't. I don't think he's gonna be able to get off um, get off this two fight losing streak that he's on in this fight. Yeah, I mean, Mirashore, it's a tough matchup for him. I'm going to side with you on this one. I actually like those odds a lot, given Mirashore's um, resume in previous fights and submissions. But, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna side with you, Mirashore, plus 130. So. Okay. All right, I'm going to let Alex introduce this one. Next up and coming, we got Cub Swanson. Really good guy, you know. Great, great, great all-around guy, you know. Um, but we got the next guy, Darren the Damage Elkins. This dude is fucking Damage. nuts. Oh, my God. This dude eats like a motherfucker. It is crazy. Like some Nate Diaz shit. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This dude eats like crazy. I love the Damage. Not saying he's going to win. Would love for him to win. But 
Dude's a psycho. I love the damage so much. I don't know what it is. I, the dude just eats like a motherfucker. It's, it's the com- It's the comebacks. It's the comebacks. It's the comebacks. It really is the comebacks. The dude's just nuts. I love the. I love the damage. Never count out the damage. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna take Cub Swanson by decision at plus two fifty. But this, this, hey, yeah, this feels this feels this feels very risky. I think Cub Swanson is a much better tactical fighter. I mean, purely looking at numbers, Swanson has an edge on the feet and on the ground. Um, he does land at a higher output. Does have better striking accuracy. I, I mean, Darren Elkins at times. I mean, the dude always marches forward. Yeah. Part of his game, right? But at times when he's on the feet, he kind of just turns into a punching bag. He just stands there and eats them. Yeah, but you could say the same for Swanson, too, at times. It, it, sometimes. It, it's striking defense is a bit better. It's at 60%. It's also like 40 now. Yeah, I, they're both old. Yeah, they're roughly true. the same age. Um, but I, I, for me, I'm going to go Cub Swanson. Um, uh, Swanson, both of these guys are good pressure fighters, though. I, but I think both of their games kind of come down to... Um, volume at this point if they're both going to pressure it's going to come down to volume Mm -hmm. and i think cub swanson just again purely looking at numbers you're looking at a guy who averages more strikes absorbs less strikes per minute i i just i don't see it but 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 again you can't count out the damage you can never count count out darren elkins never um, I'm just staying away from this so, fight, to be perfectly honest yeah, with you. I, I, you could very well stay away from this fight. I'm going to go Cub Swanson by decision at plus 250 because I like the number on it, but does feel a little bit risky. All right, so on to the main card. Uh, two guys I have never heard of. Diego Ferreira takes on Matus Gamma. Matos. 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 That's the same. My roommate's name is that. Matos. Oh. Uh, so obviously he took him, and he's actually the favorite for pickums right now. I don't know if you do the UFC pickums on ESPN, but everyone's picking Matos. Your dude? Yeah, Gamrot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I mean, for me, I, I took Gamrot by decision at plus one sixty five on DraftKings. Mm. Um, I don't know. Did you guys end up looking at anything different? I'm gonna go with Gamrot. I'm riding with Gamrot strictly from the heart, just. You know, love the name. Got to go with my boy right he, here. He subbed uh, Jeremy Stevens in his last fight. Yeah. 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 He does hold some win. He does hold some significant wins. Um, again, he beat uh, Jeremy Stevens. And then his only, he only has one loss to Kuligatse, who has been on an absolute terror recently. Uh, he only has one loss as well. Um, but I, I think this is a big mismatch in talent. You look at the guys who have fought... Um, who Diego Ferreira has fought and not nearly the same amount of talent, I would say. Um, he does have, what is it? He does have a win over Anthony Pettis in 2020. I mean, he's lost to Benil Darius. He's lost to Gillespie, but, um, Gregor. Yep. Gregor Gillespie. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that Diego, or excuse me, Gamrot needs to get inside. He does have a four inch, uh, reach disadvantage, but if he does, if he's able to get inside and impose his game on him, he averages over five takedowns a minute. And and the takedown defense of Diego Ferrer sitting at roughly sixty five percent, I don't think will be enough. So again, just gonna take Amrat by decision plus one sixty five. Um, the next fight on the card, Ricky Simon takes on Rafael Asuncao. Uh yeah, I, I, I was looking at this, too, and I was like, oh, I, I don't know. 
but the more the more I read into it, the more I, I kind of liked um, this pick of Simon by decision. Uh, both of these guys do have a tendency to go the distance. Uh, so, I, I mean, if you look at the to the distance line, it's at a it's a crazy like minus like two twenty or something like that. So like, you can very well um, maybe look into Ricky Simon by unanimous decision. I don't have the odds for that one, but um, Sun Sao is is well rounded, but he, he is a little bit better than Ricky Simon on the feet. He'll probably look up. He'll probably look to score from inside the pocket, giving up three inches of reach. Um, but Simon aggressively has looked for takedowns, and, and if Sun Sao is trying to pressure him. A bunch to try and get into that pocket. You leave yourself open to those takedowns when you're trying to constantly pressure. Ricky Simon by decision is 120. By the way, unanimous decision. Oh, unanimous. Oh, I don't even know if that's a. That's a thing. Because we took it later. Oh uh, yeah, uh, 175 plus 175. Yeah, not really worth it then. Uh, so again, both these fires favor going the distance. Um, I think it's going to be Ricky Simon being able to control Rafael Sansao, um on the ground for majority of the fight, if not the entire fight. And I, I'm going to take his money, his decision prop bet at plus 120. Yeah, I mean, I'm staying the fuck away from this one. I don't know I'm jack sorry. about either of these two, and yeah, even like, I, yeah, I just don't understand. I'll, I'll be honest, I might not touch this card at all when it's all said and done. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, this is a rough card. There's a couple I'll probably throw anyway, because company party on Saturday. <laughs> Get a little drunk. May, may like, have like <laughs> two beers in me and be like, oh, I like. And the only thing you're gonna remember is me yelling the damage. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be betting on Darren. Oakley, so that's for sure. All right, so the next fight on the card, we have Amanda Lemos taking on Angela Hill. Angela Hill, known as one of the most down fighters, ever. Like she's always down to fight. She she'll step in at late notice anytime someone UFC gives her a call. She says I'm in. For that I love her, but I'm I'm actually gonna go against her on this one. I'm gonna take uh, Amanda Lemos by unanimous decision uh, to win plus one forty. Um, I, I think this will be a, a really exciting fight to watch. Both of them are Muay Thai fighters. Uh, Lemos just seems to be a little bit busier on the feet, as you can see uh, by the numbers here. Six, um, just over six strikes landed per minute, opposed to Angela Hill's 5.7. But the one thing that really stood out to me was Angela Hill's lack of power. She tends to try and just touch people up and point score that way. Um, she doesn't get hit nearly as much as Lemos, but if Lemos is constantly trying to put pressure on, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think Lemos is going to take this one to the distance because um, Angela Hill has never been knocked out. Yeah, I think. Angela Hills, every single fight in the UFC has been gone the distance. Let me, let me, no, obviously not, because she's fought like fucking 20 times in the UFC. But her last five have gone the distance. There's no reason to believe that this one won't either. Um, she might be on the winning side. She might not be. But she's also like a huge underdog in this one too. Um. I probably won't touch this one, but I'll have to side with you and go with Lemos to win, at least. I just read something that says 10 out of Amanda Lemos's 12 previous pro MMA fights have failed to go the distance. That is true. She does have seven wins by knockout, but, I mean, if you look at um, who she, she has, has fought. April 2020, unanimous decision. Who she fought? Yeah, I don't know any yeah, of these names. I don't really know any of these names. She hasn't fought anyone nearly on the same level as Angela no. 
And I don't know any And Angel Hill's <laughs> Angel Hill has fought some pretty decent strikers. I mean, Luke Moonby is a striker. Michelle Watterson is a striker. Um, Claudia Gadelia is mainly Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but still a good striker for her division. Yoder's a good striker. Tisha yeah, Torres. No, Yoder's ground. Almost Uh-oh. entirely ground. Tisha Torres is a decently well-rounded fighter, but I I mean, I don't... Luke Boone. Luke Boone. Luke Boone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I Angel Hill's defense is good enough where she, I think she'll be able to last to 15 minutes. So, that's why I'm going to take it to go do decision. On to the Comian event. Wonderboy. Steven Wonderboy Thompson will take on Bilal. Remember the name, Muhammad. Um, this is Comian. Yeah, Comian. Oh, I thought you said main. My no. man. I'm a dumb dumb. No, you're no, not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You, you give me too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this one, I, 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 again, I think this one's going to be another good fight to watch. Uh, Steven Thompson, obviously we know that strange karate style that you don't see much in mixed martial arts. Um, very good point fighter and has very excellent takedown defense. I think Bilal Muhammad's key to victory on this one has to be his takedowns. I mean, you saw Steven Thompson get controlled in that um, Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns fight. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm taking Steven Thompson because... Bilal Muhammad is not Gilbert Burns. Yeah, Gilbert Burns is on another level. Um, obviously, Bilal is fights out of uh, Peloton, I believe. Same gym, Bensonville. Yes, oh, sorry, B- Bensonville. I actually, a guy I work with knows him. Shout out to Kano. Um, but yeah, I, I got to side with you on this one. I'm going to go with Thompson to get the win. Uh, it's only three rounds, too. So we should we should see a lot of action. Um, I know Bilal is going to go for the takedown. But I have faith in uh, Steven Wonderboy uh, Thompson to keep it on the feet and use his good footwork and his unique striking to uh, drag it out five rounds or sorry three rounds and get the W. Um, I don't know what the odds are for a finish, but I kind of like with the way Steven Thompson throws his kicks and that uh, left his jab cross with a immediately followed up by a uh, right kick over that shoulder where they can't even fucking see it. I'm picturing it right now, and I think it might happen. Bala Muhammad's, like, coming in hot, though. Like, his last couple fights have been just a ton of wins. He I mean, his coming. last loss was technically, what well, was George Neal. Mm-hmm. And then, or Jeff Neal, not George, sorry, my bad. And then he had a no contest against Leon Edwards. But, like... He was getting beaten. Though. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the only... I, I took... Jeff Neal also got pieced up by Stephen Wonderboy he did. for five rounds. I got I took Stephen Thompson by decision. Stephen Thompson's average fight time is nearly fifteen minutes, fourteen thirty three. Yeah. I, I I and then Bilal Muhammad's fight time is right up there with thirteen minutes. I think this one's going to go to decision. Uh, not you know not taking anything away from Mike said because Stephen Thompson can knock people out. He has it's done not it. Not typical though. I won't say that. Yeah, he tends to be more of a point fighter. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about is Thompson's inconsistency in his last, what, four fights or so? Um, just not getting well, going right away. Um, I've, mm, I mean, Gilbert Burns, Jeff Neal, Vicente Luque, Pettis. Pettis and Darren Till in his last five. And Masvidal, too. I guess and Masvidal. He, I mean, he, he has, beat Masvidal. He's fought, he has fought a who's who of yeah. really I mean, good fighters. He's been fighters. fighting yeah. a who's who for a while now, since he basically got into the UFC. Um, but I'm going to go with you. Thompson's going to win in my mind, in my eyes. Yeah, so I took Thompson by decision at minus, or, yeah, minus 105. Yeah. 
I'm with you on that one. Alright, on to the main event, the headliner of the night. Derek Lewis will take on Chris Dawkins. Um for I'm gonna take Lewis's money line as an under he's actually an underdog here. He just fought for a title and he's an underdog against uh, a guy who is trying to climb the rankings pretty high here. I mean, he's on a roll. Christakis is on a roll here as of late. Um, but, and, and you can kind of see why. Dawkins is a very good technical striker. He's very quick. He's very, I mean, he lands nine strikes a minute. Jesus. I mean, In the what? heavyweight division, that is, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and all of his fights so far have pretty much been knockouts, haven't they? They have, yeah. but, I mean, who's he fought? Alexi Olenek is the only one I know. Yeah, Yeah. Olenek's the only name I know. And then Porter only because I had to do research on Porter because of uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, I just saw his name earlier. Kong? Yeah, Kong. With Kong. So, like, I mean, that was the only reason I ever heard of Porter. Yeah, I I mean, Doc is, like we said, much better striker, better athlete. It's 60 pounds lighter than Derek Lewis. Um However, and, and he's going to look to use his footwork and his angles to land cleaner strikes, and he does have that power. He has knocked out a bunch of guys, but if we're talking power, how can you not talk to Derek, Derek Lewis? Lewis. Yeah, knockout 100%. king. My balls is hot. <laughs> I understand. Uh, <laughs> and, and the one thing that really will, I think, can play into Derek Lewis' hands is his ability to counter strike. You know, yeah. we see this guy as kind of being a goofball, this dude that, like, you know, you, you see him walking the street saying some dumb shit, but he's a very intelligent fighter. He's he's very good at reading um, signals that are given to him by the opposition and being able to counter. I mean, obviously, we didn't see that against Saragon, but before that, was on a big win streak and then earned that title shot by beating some of the best in the heavyweight division. Um, this is a massive jump in competition for Dawkins, I think. Yeah. And honestly, I'm looking for Derek Lewis to come back with a vengeance. Um, he got pieced up against Gon and, and for the interim title fight. Uh, I'm really hoping he comes out and he's ready to go. Um, obviously, he's made a lot of changes in his past between conditioning and um, working on his ground game, which I pro- probably won't even come into play in this fight, to be honest with you. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh, Derek Lewis comes out and he's ready to go and gets a knockout. That would be fun to see, especially heavyweight knockouts are always fun. Heavyweight knockouts are electric, especially if they're early. It's true. Uh, I mean, I I just took Lewis's money line at plus one twenty. Um, yeah, I mean, knockout, he is the underdog, so why not? Yeah, I mean, the knockout is plus one seventy five, but for me, that's not high enough of a jump. No, no, yeah. to just take it just because. Yeah, not um, a big enough jump. At that point, I'm I'm better off just taking the money line. Um, just in case, you know, the Doc's footwork gets him out of trouble a couple times, maybe, and he survives. I don't know. Um, it, to play devil's advocate against myself, the only thing I can think of would be Lewis struggling against that fast technician in Cyril Gaon. Yeah. But like but we said... Not only Doc is Cyril Gaon, though. Gaon no, is yeah, just like gross. We, like we said about Bilal Muhammad not being Gilbert Burns, he's not... Kyle Doc's is not... Cyril Gaon. No. Cyril Gaon is by far the most technical heavyweight in the division. It's really not even close. Um, so, yeah, I, again, I'm just going to take I'm gonna take Derek Lewis here, money line. Yeah, I'm riding with you on that one. All right, so that's going to conclude our preview of Fight Night 45, Dawkins versus uh, Derek Lewis. Um, I, I personally don't like a lot of bets on this card just because – there's a lot of little to unknown guys. It's going to be a good night, though. I think it's going to be a very good night. Yeah, I mean, after doing some research, I, I found a lot of fights that I, I think I'm excited for. It's just 
as far as betting goes, I'm yeah. feeling less confident about this one than previous cards. Yeah, like I said, I might not even touch it. I know I will, just because I'm addicted to gambling. Um, we can stop whenever we want. The, uh, 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, these are the cards that always show us the most surprises. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of big names. A lot of people that want to prove themselves. Knockouts, fun fights. Who knows? It should be it, honestly. I hope it's a fun one. Yeah, so do I. I mean, it, it it would be great to see the UFC round out the year with another stellar fight card. Um, they've done a pretty good job all year. I think the really only <laughs> we've only seen one that really didn't live up to anything, and we kind of knew that going into the Tate Vieira. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep bringing that up. I'm gonna stop talking about that. That card sucked. Anyways, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. So yeah, I mean, the, I'm uh, we're hoping this one's going to be a fun one. I think on paper we're we're going to see a lot of good fights. Um and like we said, 69 269. That was that was fun to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed that watching it back. Yeah, a lot of the fights that I was able to watch. I think it was uh I think it was pretty exciting. A lot of finishes, you know. Six so. decisions, six six finishes. Yeah. So, um I don't know. I mean, I, I you guys you guys have anything else? I look forward to sharing my one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment with my brother for Christmas. That should be fun. No, it will not be. We will definitely this... grow hands, and I think he can take me now. So, um, <laughs> We've been saying that for years now. We've been waiting to see the Grosh brother matchup for yeah, a while. Well, one of us still has to fight our dad for the alpha sitting in our family. But well, I still don't think either of us can take him. So you might want to hold off on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until he's 80. <laughs> I got another 20 years to train. <laughs> Yeah. Although he might fold after one calf kick, he's got no calves. <laughs> Didn't you calf kick him one time in your kitchen? And he got he was not happy. I, what <laughs> I always do is I ankle pick him, because he he's a boxer growing up. Well, I'd say college years until probably his thirties. So he he does the whole boxer stance. He wrestled a little bit here and there, but never proclaimed himself as a wrestler. Um, so he doesn't know how to defend an ankle pick. It's there every fucking time. <laughs> the only problem is. If I do ankle pick him and he's actually mad about it, he'll just punch me in the face, and I will not be happy about that. I'm gonna teach him how to wizard. He he knows how to wizard. <laughs> I mean, he used to he used to wrestle the um in kids club when we were little. He used to wrestle the the fat kids because they never had training partners. He used to beat the <laughs> shit out of these like ten and eleven year olds. It's it so funny. It's like. I'm not gonna say any names, but I know exactly who I'm thinking about right now. And it used to be hilarious to watch my dad just tr- uh, practice with them all day. Oh my god, it's so funny. No, is this the last? Uh, this is the last episode, right? This will be the last episode of the year, unless we come out with uh, maybe uh, maybe a little something over Christmas. I don't know if we're gonna pack that stuff. Me, me and Alex will be in Florida. Um, Mike's, uh, you're staying here, right, for the holidays? Yeah, I'll be here. Uh, as much as I'd love to have my brother on. That probably won't be possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean. That would be cool, like a dual Zoom kind of thing. Like me and Alex on one Zoom, and then you and your brother on one, and we just, like, review this previous possibly, card. Yeah. I don't know. We're just brainstorming at this point. Yeah. Maybe it may not happen. I don't yeah. know. I just I just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. I hope uh, everyone's year was uh, good, and hope the next year is even better than this one. And that's really all I had to say. It's, it's yeah. a very low, very low standard you're setting there having next year be better than this one 
I understand that, and I understand <laughs> that 2021 was might have been a little bit more of a shit show. These for last couple years have been shit. <laughs> Jesus. But hey, I'm so done with this shit. Regardless. Oh but hey, let's just hope for a better 2022, and I hope everyone's got some good food in them, and you know, some really good uh, presents coming up from Santa. Yeah. So guys, have a safe holiday. Have a happy New Year. I'm sure I'll be seeing some of you guys around. We'll be uh, we'll be getting our drink on her a little bit. Probably um, not. No. What do you mean? Like when? I don't know. When we get back? It's it's you know yeah, I, yeah, I don't know after, I don't know. after Christmas I'll be. I don't have to work until next year. So. Same. Yeah, I don't, I don't start till two weeks. So Monday after Christmas. Uh, Monday after New Year's. Fucking. You know what? They still gotta pay me, boy. It's the best part about working with like kids that have like school and stuff. They're on vacation, all that stuff. So yeah, have fun in Florida. Yeah, I'm gonna start that new job. Don't so. worry about any of that. Sucks for you. So yeah, have a have a good Christmas, guys. Have a happy New Year. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, all that other stuff. I don't know. I already passed. Did it really? Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Kwanzaa, but I know Hanukkah's far I, gone. I feel like okay, we won't get into it. We're rambling at this point. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All right, Alex, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you. Thank you for adding me. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Fuck off. What? <laughs> what? <laughs>